0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: The last 15 years of federal agency IT modernization seems to be culminating under the Biden administration, a perfect combo of technology maturation, pandemic impact and real funding from Congress. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about how the Biden administration is trying to pull off all of these pieces together to finally make sustained progress on moving off legacy systems. Jason joins me now with the latest. Jason, this idea of a perfect storm of maturation, pandemic and money. Tell us how this all came together.
0: One of the things that we can look at over the last 15 years, Tom, is... Everyone says, Oh, now the technology is ready, or now the business side is ready, or now Congress is finally saying we support this, right? If you go back, Tom, all the way back to our days at government computer news together in 2003, we had the e-government act, and, and that was the time we were really ready, right? Klinger-Cone was the start, but now we're really ready. And Tom, here we are almost 18 years later, and we're still not really ready yet, right? You go back to modernizing government technology act, the federal IT acquisition reform act, all these, all these legislation, and then all these memos that Come out now. The CIO authorities—we really mean it this time. What I think is happening today and, and, and now under the Biden administration is not that oh now we're really there, but the pandemic, the billion dollars for the technology modernization fund from Congress, and this idea that the technology has matured to the point where things like cloud, right? You can't get you can't talk to a federal employee or someone in the CIO's office or someone in the financial management office or the HR office without it becoming a technology conversation. The technology is so you ubiquitous. It's the electricity that we had expected it to be for years and years and years that they just expect it to work. And therefore, the people who are running these mission areas go, oh, I get it, I see it, and I can't live without it. And that's really what the pandemic has done over the last year is drive home that point. And I think that's why all these pieces are coming together finally that will help push the agencies to really move away from old technology and and really have Congress invest in new technology and all these pieces that just wouldn't come together or come together in the right way before I think are finally together. And and that gives the Biden administration the roadmap to really make change.
1: And so the administration senses this or is aware of this and then is trying to weave it all together.
0: I think they are. And one of the best ways to look at this, Tom, is through the IT passback. Now, this is guidance that Federal News Network I've obtained exclusively that says really here are, our from an OMB perspective, priorities over the next. Next year, from a policy and a technology perspective, and let's just take one example, digital signatures. This is something we've been talking about since the late 1990s, right? There's a memo from 2000, M0015, 21 years ago, Tom, that said, you got to use digital electronic signatures. And it's only until we got to the pandemic that someone realized, and, and not just someone, but most agencies realized this digital signature thing really works. And we already own the technology that makes it work. And the investment isn't a great deal. It becomes a process change. It becomes a business acceptance change. And when you want, for instance, Tom, somebody to sign a document that's no longer across the hall or two floors down, you you are much more accepting of the digital signature. And that tags back to the pandemic. All of a sudden, yeah, that's fine. You can just digitally sign it, I'll take it. And then then you move on, you realize the lawyers are fine with it, the acquisition folks are fine with it, the contractors are fine with it, everybody's all of a sudden fine with it. And that spurs this type of effort to really move away from legacy processes, legacies, technologies.
1: We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. And yes, if you do anything in the private sector financially, e-signing is routine, and it's easy to get into it and easy to do it once you have an account. So it kind of seems like it's time already for the government. Now, this technology modernization fund, there's already a billion dollars that agencies can count on through the American Rescue Plan, and they're asking for another half billion dollars maybe in the budget request that we haven't seen the details of, but that's coming. Congress now is starting to say, okay, all these pieces are together, including the money. Now they want to know what the plan really is here, right?
0: There was a letter earlier in this uh, last week from Congressman Jerry Connolly and some others asking for that specifics, right? What are you going to do with the money? What are your criteria? What kind of projects? What are you dealing with the pa- with the payback model? There's been a lot of concern over the last, you know, two, three, four years about how agencies and, and, and can they pay back money that they take from the TMF as a loan. And I think a lot of agencies are going, you know, I, I'm not sure I can pay back, so I will not take that loan. And OMB, what I'm told, is starting to consider, okay, can we lessen the, you know, the requirements? Maybe it's, you know, anything from just pay us back a dollar to pay us back a, per, a smaller percentage than a hundred percent. And that may get more agencies excited about taking the quote unquote loan to really push these modernization. Now, Maria wrote, who is the deputy federal CIO spoke at a CompTIA event, uh, about a week and a half ago. And when she, one of the things she talked about was how the TMF is really accelerating projects and ably the multi-year funding. And, you know, she, she didn't tell us anything we maybe didn't know, but it's interesting to drive home that point when you compare it to what you are reading in the IT passback, right? So when you bring those two things together, she talks about high value assets, improving public citizen services across the government, um, balancing, you know, the foundational technology maturity with scalable services, meaning you got to have some foundation of security and rigor, but you still need to be flexible and agile enough to meet ongoing citizen demand. And she points to, for instance, the Department of Housing and Urban Development that received almost $14 million to modernize legacy mainframe systems. And she goes, listen, that type of project is great because we're going to write a playbook and other agencies are going to learn from what HUD learned. Again, it's that finding that right balance. The, the other thing that, that I think she brought up that, that really plays into this broader discussion is she said, listen, the TMF is not a CIO program. It's one for CXOs to drive the success of the mission area. And I think that really comes clear in the, in the IT passback language. Uh, that that I've seen. For instance, a hot button issue a lot is is customer service. We heard a lot about that during the pandemic. There's been attempts, again, the Government Performance and Results Act of 1993 started, got to improve it. You've seen a cross-agency priority goal, more than a half dozen memos and directives, playbooks, executive orders. Congress passed the GPRA Modernization Act, the E-Government Act, all focused on customer service, customer improvement. But if you look at what the pandemic did, again, it really drove home that the old ways of working together, you can't go to an office, these massive call centers you can't bring people into. Tom, even the Postal Service, remember the old Pueblo, Colorado, send send your self-addressed stamp envelope and we'll send it back to you from the 80s. That didn't work because the Postal Service was having trouble. So all of a sudden you have to rethink the way you do things and reach citizens, and the the pass-back absolutely touches upon that. It tells agencies to fund your high-impact service providers, implementing identified customer experience plans. You should leverage funding to prioritize the alignment of customer feedback efforts. Everything they're saying is focus on the customer and drive money towards it. And that's got to come from not just the CIO, but everybody, the business side, the CFO, the HR, the acquisition side. Tom, all this just shows they're taking this different approach that maybe is not necessarily being driven by a single person. The CIO in most cases, but taken from a and I hate to use the word, Tom, holistic perspective.
1: Well, also when you talk about the payback model, if what the passback says is going to be the way it's going to be, all about customer service and customer orientation, and given the fact that the government already spends about a hundred billion dollars a year on IT, so another billion is not all that much in terms of payback. Maybe the payback mechanism goes away, or maybe it's just a way of vestigially ensuring that agencies do measure the progress they get when using the money.
0: I think that's part of the. This- consideration of what's happening around government, the, the discussions. I'm not involved in any of the discussions, obviously, but just from what I'm hearing- That's from the other others, Jason Miller. Yes, the other Jason Miller, exactly. What I'm hearing from, from industry sources and other people is is what can OMB do to lighten the load, but still not lose it totally? Because I think there's some accountability that's built in. And you know when you have to go to the TMF board, you have to think through how your process will work, how you're going to modernize, sure. make your business case, and the like. So I, I, think that, I think there's more to come on the payback model, but that will be a key piece to, to really understand how far this billion dollars can go and how quickly OMB can get it out the door.
1: All right, a good motto for CIOs don't lose it completely. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out his latest reporter's notebook at federalnewsnetwork.com. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends
2: at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about Waipa and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader. All of these are backward-looking development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I think, I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So what we're trying to do is is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over 2 million employees Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history, find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves and they brought that to the workplace, and they inspired other, and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear uh, inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. And it's drawing like never before on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is Extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? I think in the federal government, it's it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. Uh, My father was a civilian federal employee, Uh, He joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask, not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service, which is unique in, in the federal space, in the government space, Still exists today. Well, that about says it all. But is anything else you'd want the audience to know about you personally or WAPA as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. Uh, I've led. This is my second uh, major organization that I've led. And I will tell you that we impart this feeling, uh, you mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion, we serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime and uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service
0: grab a 30 day free trial of live by live plus and you'll get unlimited skips commercial free music and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle visit livexlive.com/podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial